Welcome to the Gate Crashers Podcast, where we storm the gates of publishing and dare to talk about the realities of the industry. I'm your Ivory Tower representative, Amanda Liedeke, literary agent and vice president at McGregor and Liedeke. And I'm your self-publishing insider, Carice Crow, novelist and speaker. So I know we've talked in the past a little bit about translating your books into other languages and how that's done and why it's done. Um, but it tends to be really cost prohibitive for indie authors. And I learned recently about this really awesome service that you can sign up for and they will translate your book for you. So it is called Deep L, D-E-E-P-L. You can find it at deepl.com. Deeple. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but it's it's Deep L. And it works pretty similar to like how Google Translate works, where you just drop in the text or you upload the file and it translates it for you. But they claim to be much, much more accurate than any of those regular automatic translation services. And I've talked to indie authors who have used it like to great huh. success. So their website claims that their service compared to like Google, Amazon, or Windows is six times more accurate for English to German, five times for English to Chinese, six times for English to Japanese. And I mean, those are huge markets of readers huh. that you're probably not reaching because you don't have books in those languages. Although I feel like I do need to give a disclaimer here. You know, if you want to translate, especially Chinese for me, um, you know, there's certain cultural differences. There's different censorship rules in China. Like, you know, in Hollywood, they talk about how all of the movies that they're making, they're making them, yes, for the U.S. audiences, but they're also applying the, okay, but is this going to get flagged by Chinese censor censorship? And we don't want to do that because that's a huge part of our profit margin now. So when publishers have a book translated, obviously they take that kind of material into account. They, they usually, many times even, retitle the book right. to give it a title that would be more appealing to that language speaker or that region, if it's going to be then, you know, if it's going to be translated to translated to um, German and then actually sold in German territories. Right. Like, so they do a lot of things then to make it, give it its best chance. So that would be interesting then having it be on, fall on the author to either pay someone to give it a sensitivity read or a, not even a sensitivity read, just like a, does proof this make read, sense? Really? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, a proofread really shouldn't set you back. I guess it depends on the length of the manuscript, but more than a couple hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. I mean, for just a competency, does this make sense kind of proofread? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a, a couple hundred bucks, maybe 500 if it's like, you know, a hundred thousand word novel. Yeah. And I've also talked to authors who, you know, they go through DeepL and they send it to a proofreader and they've actually met their proofreader because of their fans. Like when they've been considering, hey, I want to expand my books into Germany or Spain or France because of these online reader groups that you can find on like Facebook and TikTok and all those places. A lot of times people end up knowing somebody who speaks both English and whatever language it is that you're wanting to translate into. And sometimes you can get them to proofread it and pay them or, you know, whatever 
they set their rate as. But then that way you're also getting somebody who already reads in your genre and probably reads in their native language. Because mm-hmm. if they speak both English and let's say German, but they're in a predominantly English speaking reader group, they might be there for, okay, well, I'm, I'm looking for book recommendations because there's not enough of these titles in my native language or in, you know, and for what you get, like this service is really, really affordable. So for like $7 a month, you can translate five files, any word count. So you could translate five of your books for $7 a month, which is amazing, especially for people who have like these really long back catalogs that they're not really doing anything with. Um, And if you're like a super prolific writer, they have $23 and $46 a month packages. And those are for 20 files and a hundred files respectively. Although I would assume like, even if you have a back catalog of 50 books, I don't know how you're going to launch like 50 books in one month. So you'd probably just stick with the $7 Mm -hmm. anyway, so that you can get covers, you can get it proofread, you can do all that stuff. But I've talked to people who've said that their profits rose 25 or even 35% overall once they got translations done. And there's other services that you can acquire where basically you translate your manuscript and then you hand it over to them and say, okay, you go list it on Germany's Amazon. You go list it on the Amazon in France or whatever it is. Um, And those are relatively affordable as well. Mm. This has me thinking too, for the traditional side, I could see an author. So I I work with an author who she's a native Spanish speaker, but she also speaks English. And so she writes in English because she lives in the USA and her book deals are with American publishers. Right. But we've always been like, oh, like it would be amazing to get stuff translated because she's from Puerto Rico and like there's just like a natural fit there for her. But the book, the books haven't been translated. Um, and I, you know, I've asked, we won't get into that, but bottom line, I could see someone like her then just keeping foreign language rights going forward Mm -hmm. and doing your, her book deal with her publisher, but then on her own, getting it translated and selling those versions off of her website, like the Spanish language edition off of her website. Yeah. I could see some authors doing like a um, French Canadian edition. Like, so it doesn't even have to be like overseas sales. It could be just people here in North America who happen to prefer to read or speak a different language. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And especially in her case, because she's bilingual, I mean, you could use DeepL to do the predominant amount of the translating, and then she could just proofread it herself because she would know her the intention, but it would save her So, so much work. Mm-hmm. having to go through and translate an entire book. Like we all love our books, but there, there comes a moment where you're like, I'm done with you. I'm, yeah. I'm done speaking to you. You need to be finished. Yeah. And I don't want to look at you anymore. And for proofreaders, I mean, if you don't want to go to a reader group or rely on fans, or maybe you haven't launched yet, um, you know, you can definitely find people online who offer specifically proofreading services, but Mm -hmm. this would save you so much money 
I mean, usually getting a translator is going to be thousands of dollars, you know? Yeah. Like this would be such a better option and a great way to just try it out. Even if it was just book one in your series, you know, you wouldn't have to do everything all at once or overcommit yourself to, I'm going to get all 10 of these books immediately translated and sink time and money into the application and the proofreader. Just do book one, Mm -hmm. see how book one does. Is it received well? Are there problematic issues? Do you need to adjust the story and re-release it so that it fits better to that audience? Interesting. I think most fiction could, I think, I think most fiction translates pretty well to different languages, depending on the region, obviously, and the the cultural, whatever, expectations of the regions. Um, Nonfiction is a little trickier than you, than you many times run into a lot of American nonfiction is very specific to America. (laughs) Like, it's just a lot of it is, Um, but not, but there's some that isn't, there's some that does have like a wider range. And so I think this is something that could be useful for obviously self-published authors who want to expand their, you know, list of offerings, but then also traditional authors who are holding on to those foreign language rights and they don't plan on shopping them around because it's a lot of work for usually not a lot of money. Um, So this could be something worth looking into. Yeah. I mean, just in general, in the publishing industry, it's amazing how you can have one thing one book, one manuscript, but the ways that you can take it and twist it and say, okay, I'm making a thousand dollars a month from this book and I'm going to get an audio book done. Oh, that's going to be another 300. I'm going to get it translated into three other languages. I mean, is that going to increase your sales another 30%? It's definitely possible. Like there's lots of ways to take one thing and make it many things without having to write another book. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Gatecrashers podcast. If you found value in this episode or in any of the episodes we've done, you can drop a tip in our tip jar. Simply use our link, paypal.me slash gatecrashers, or log into PayPal and search us using our username, which is at gatecrashers. And be sure to be here next week for a brand new episode.